Blog Talk Radio. You are now listening to CLNS Radio, your source for all things basketball. You cannot stop this guy. This guy is unbelievable right now, and with the way he's playing, he's played an outstanding brand of basketball. You're trying to tell me he's not the next best thing? What are you hearing? Man, all I know is this guy can fall, and if you can come out and play with him, you can play with anybody in the league. I want your opinion. Call into the show. Why don't you drive the rack? Seriously, why don't people drive the rack more often? Fed up with this cookie-cutter brand of basketball, not go out and hand-check. What are you comparing? The guy's got grit. The guy's got moxie, and the guy's got heart. What more do you want? Broadcast through Blog Talk Radio and CLNS Radio. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome to the Hooper's Log. He did a dream, a dream that was harder to live. Here's your host, Simo Bucket. They gonna love me for my ambition. Welcome on into episode 88, yeah, 88 here on a Wednesday at ESPN Wednesday, March 9, 2016, as we come down the stretch in conference tournament talk conversation here in the world of college basketball and the world of the NBA. There were six games on last night in the NBA, kind of a slow night in the NBA, not much to talk about in the world in the news of basketball, but we are here live in the CLNS radio studios for SeatGeek Studios here on episode 88 of the Hooper's Log on an ESPN Wednesday, where I don't really think there's any games on ESPN today, if I'm not mistaken. Obviously, all the big-time conference tournaments get started today as the Big Ten, the Big 12, uh, you, you, you name it, the Pac-12. Everything is underway now. And there's a couple, there's four more tournaments that get started on, uh, there's four more tournaments that get started tomorrow on the 10th of March. But as you can tell, March Madness is completely underway in the world of the world of basketball. It's just, it's here. It's here, people. I know people say it starts Selection Sunday. You know, the generics out there, you know, those of you who aren't listening to the show are like, oh, yeah, March Madness, are you, are you excited? I'm like, dude, I've been up since 3 a.m. getting ready for it. Man, I've been, I've been watching these shows. I've been, I've been listening to these, these talks. I've been watching these conference basketball highlights. I don't know how you can't think it's not here already if you're not into it there is one game on ESPN tonight in the world at basketball I have to tune in I guess the Clippers at Oklahoma City the two top four seeds uh, one of the top four seeds two teams in the NBA in the in the top four of the Western Conference it's going to be a fun time there as those two teams duke it out but outside of that a gaggle of hoops in the world of college basketball my co-host Andrew Norris is here Andrew what's up man what is going on, Christopher? How are you today, man? Hey, man. I literally just woke up five minutes ago, but look, I'm here. Uh, we're, we're doing the show live. We're here. We're, we're excited. We're on. We're, we're getting it going. Uh, also, for those of you that don't know, it's not just March Madness when it comes to basketball, but the world of the NFL's fiscal season has begun for the 2016 year. And unfortunately, like Andrew said yesterday, Calvin Johnson has retired. And literally, as I'm scrolling through all of my updates, Adam Schefter, I don't think Adam Schefter has left his hand. I think he's had uh, a hand, a foot, or excuse me, hand to phone glued syndrome, because literally I'm looking at his Twitter and it is crazy right now. Tons and tons of signings. Andrew, 
I hear that the Lions are expected to sign Marvin Jones or some other players here. What are you excited about in this free agent period in the NFL before we get directly back to hoops? Yeah, I, I do like Marvin Jones. Um, I think he's uh, I think he's been an undervalued receiver. Um, I think he'll kind of move up on the food chain now. The Lions have Golden Tate, but they don't have that A.J. Green-type alpha male receiver who's going to take a lot of touches. Also, don't have a star tight end like Tyler Eifert. So I think that's a great signing at only $8 million a year. That's a third of what they were going to pay Calvin Johnson. And I think you'll get well, well over a third of the production that Calvin Johnson would have gave you. Listen, Calvin Johnson had about 1,100 receiving yards last year. Marvin Jones had about 865. And you're paying him a third of what you would have paid Calvin. Um, on top of that, now you have the ability to go out and get a linebacker. They were also trying to get Elokar, however you say it, from the Bengals, but it looks like he's going to re-sign. Uh, but with with that said, throughout the league, I think the craziest signing is that Janoris Jenkins is now – he's a great corner, but he is now the second highest paid corner in the entire National Football League. Um, that, wow. That's crazy to me with, with, with some of the names you see. Um, but, I mean, it's just getting underway. The big names haven't signed yet. Yes. Uh, and, and I think when you're a fan of a particular team, you really look to those little names. Uh, you know, those, those guys, like like a Glover Quinn, who was good before the Lions got him, but he wasn't known around the league. They signed him very cheap. You're kind of like, okay, I think this guy can help out. And now he's a, he's a pro bowl uh, safety. And, I mean, pro bowl is – that doesn't come with much merit these days, but he's fantastic. So I think those are the guys who really make teams boost up is the the four to eight million dollar guys instead of the fifteen to twenty million dollar guys. Yeah, it's it, it, like you said, the big names have not been signed yet. As a Vikings fan, I'm I'm at a I'm at an interesting predicament this season coming in, and it's been a long time coming. I mean, over the last three or four years, I've usually been excited for this time of year, but it's really interesting coming in after winning 11 games, winning the division. Obviously, the way the Green Bay Packers are kind of sliding downhill in the division. I know the Lions, honestly, and I'm not just saying this because you're on the show, Andrew, but honestly, I think the Lions and the Vikings, they have they have a real chance of really competing for this division for years to come. I know the Packers have Aaron Rodgers, but realistically that team is not the same. And once Jordy Nelson comes back, they're probably going to be better, but they have, they're not as good as they once were, you know, a couple of years ago, two years ago, three years ago. And as the NFL usually works, things just shift automatically and shift quick. And, and it looks like the Lions and the Vikings are here to stay for a while in this division. Yeah, and they make it, they make it impossible to have dynasties. If you don't have right. Tom Brady – or, or Aaron Rodgers, you're not going to be this unbeatable team for a decade anymore. I mean, look at the cap. The The Lions have $56 million to spend. You know what the Jaguars got? Did you see what the Jaguars got, Chris? Who? Oh, yeah, they got a, yeah, they got a big front line now. $110 million. Well, the Lions, who have never won a championship, are at $56 yeah. million, okay? I mean, it's, it's nuts. How the NFL salary cap works. It's it's all they they're so desperate for parity that which I don't really understand. Like you look at at the NBA, NBA is at the right. best place it's ever as far as viewership, and there's probably yeah. four five teams at most that have a chance to win. And it's a been that way since the '80s. It's been that way since the '80s. Exactly. 
Exactly. Parody, I mean, parody's great, but the average fan is a bandwagon, Steph Curry, Tom Brady, Cam Newton only type of guy, okay? Yeah. Uh, they'll root for their hometown team, but the guy who draws them in, it's either one of two things in football. It's fantasy football or it's a star player. Uh, parody is not this all great thing. I guess individually for each team it is. Uh, but for the elite as a whole, I think, you know, the dynasties are what create this huge viewership. When you see an up-and-coming team taking on a team that's been to the NFC Championship three times in a row and has a chance to beat them, I mean, look at I. I want people to go check out the ratings from this Thunder Clippers game, which is a battle between probably the fourth and fifth best team in the league, and then between yeah. like a Cavs and Spurs game. I mean, it's monumentally different. It's 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 unbelievably just the gap in that it's huge. Um, so I, you know, I don't I get it from a, a particular team standpoint, but I don't get it from a whole league standpoint. But it, it's just absurd the salary cap differences in these teams. Well, and that's what you just, you just said it yourself. I was just going to say that salary cap. Look, I mean, and as we know, and, and you know, you, you mentioned it, you know, knowing baseball yourself, look, Major League Baseball, and, and, I, and I hate to just kind of go off topic, obviously, but Major League Baseball is, uh, has figured it out a long, 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 long time ago. Look, they, they've never had a salary cap in Major League Baseball. They've never really had – I mean, yes, you could say Major League Baseball now is the most parity it's had in probably 30, 40 years, but that's not for its own doing. That's just because the league is turning into, there's so many good players in, in major league baseball these days. You got talented players all the way through, uh, uh, you know, double uh, a teams. It's crazy how much talent there is in major league baseball. I mean, they're not all great, but you know, you've, you've got, you've got immense talent in major league baseball and you're seeing it throughout the league where, you know, teams like the, you know, for example, the Seattle Mariners have a ton of talent. My team here in the Pacific Northwest, but they only win 70 games, and people are like, oh, my God, they're horrible. I'm like, no, they're not horrible. The league is so even that in a three-game series in August, that will mean so much if you lose two out of three. If you win two out of three, it changes the whole season. It does. It's, that's how crazy baseball is. But parity overall for the majority of that league hasn't been there. And whenever, And it's funny because everyone hates the Yankees. But the Yankees, every single time they get into the postseason, they draw the biggest ratings. The postseason in baseball gets the hugest draw when the most dominant team in the sport historically is there. That's how you draw the big ratings in the postseason, which the NFL doesn't need. They already draw massive ratings, obviously, and it's, it's generated that way because it's a once-a-week sport. But the thing is, 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 is the NFL, and, and especially the NBA, if they really want to just figure it out and become a bigger brand, Get rid of the salary cap. Really, get rid of the salary cap and create this, this opportunity for players to make their kind of money that they want and that they deserve. Let's be honest. If the yeah. NFL didn't have a salary cap, guys like Russell Wilson would be getting half a billion dollars in their contract. It would happen, and it would be doable and feasible. But it's all, it all exactly. comes down to, and as you know, this Andrew, it all comes down to ownership, and ownership gets so greedy. It's like the government, literally. Like the NFL is like the government when it comes to these owners. They're like, ah, yeah, we can get our slice of the pie and eat it too and make way more than the players, when in reality it's the players who should be making the most money because they're the ones who have created this league the way that it is today. It's the same thing with the NBA, although I think the NBA is in a different predicament. This is why I like the NBA more than other sports, than other, uh, you know, other professional sports from the standpoint of the business side. You know, the salary cap is nice. They don't need a salary cap in the NBA. But at the same time, the NBA, like, like we just said, dominated by three or four teams, 
since for the last 30 to 40 years, everyone said that basketball was great in the 90s with MJ and all that. No, it was literally MJ, maybe the Rockets, the Jazz. That was about it. And then you had, obviously, the Rockets in 94, 95. But, but, you, but outside of that, it was MJ, it was Utah, it was the Sonics every once in a while. It was, you know, it was, it was, a, it was a sprinkle of teams, but it was really the, the Bulls, the Knicks. It was dominated by, like, three or four teams. In the 80s, obviously, it was, it was Larry Bird and the, and the Celtics and the Magic Johnson, L.A. Lakers, and then in the 2000s, it was – I mean, think, I was thinking about this, Andrew. Since 1998, can you name the three Western Conference teams – or no, since 1996, actually, in the last 20 years. Uh, no, 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 no. Since this is 98. Can you name the last the, the three organizations that haven't been to the finals other than the the, the Spurs and uh, and the Spurs and Lakers? It was Dallas, Oklahoma City, Dallas Thunder, Warriors, and, and OKC. Yeah. And if you really want to go in depth, the 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 four teams that made it outside since 95, since the Rockets won the title in 95. It's been five organizations because the Sonics, Oklahoma City, same organization, Utah Jazz, Dallas, Golden State. Those are those are. It's crazy, man. It's it's crazy how non-parity driven the NBA is over the last twenty years, and everyone's like, "Oh, the NBA is terrible." I'm like, "Look, it's been this way forever." I mean, literally since the modern day, since David Stern took over, it really has been four teams and a bunch well, of bunch know. of nobodies. It's it's more parity driven now than it ever was. I mean, and that's the crazy right, part is, right. you, like you just said, only five teams. But look at the '60s. Bill Russell won every single year. Eleven I mean, championships. What Bill Russell didn't win, then it went to the Lakers winning every single year. Now you got a few different yeah. teams sprinkled in. But here's one thing I do disagree with you. I do think the NBA and the NHL need salary caps. The difference between those two sports and the NFL and the MLB is the NBA has 12 to 15 man, um, men on the roster, okay? So then you're right. right. You're looking at guys who are getting paid $50, $60 million a year, and then bench players who are still getting going to get paid, you know, end of the bench guys, $3 million a year. Um, now, in the NFL, you have a 52-man roster. In the MLB, you've got a 25-man roster. And come September, you've got a 40-man roster. So these are things right. where – you need you don't need the salary cap when you have these huge rosters because you're going to have to delegate regardless. Uh, right, right. Do exactly. I do I think the smaller the teams who aren't willing to spend as much money should be punished? Yeah, I do. When you run a business, mm-hmm. you got to spend money to make money. Okay, if you're going to pay three yep. people to work for you as opposed to paying twenty people to work for you, uh, and, and all those people bring in the same amount of money, the people who pay three aren't going to make the the same amount. It's that simple. If you don't want to spend money, sell the team to a richer person. Um, and that's not as easy as it sounds. But I think that the, the large roster teams or sports should not have a salary cap, such as the MLB, the NFL, yep. and the smaller roster sports, such as the NHL and the NBA, should. I, th- I think they have it yep. right there. So I think baseball has it right. I think football is the only one who has it wrong right now. And I don't think it's necessarily wrong. I think the process is wrong. They can keep the salary cap, but they got to make changes. You can't have teams getting $60 million more than other teams in salary cap. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. And and just because the Jaguars haven't known how to draft, I mean, it's it's parity-driven based on failure. That's what it is. The more you fail, the better chance you have to be good in the future, more so than even, like, the NBA lottery. I mean, look who got picked first a couple years ago, Anthony Bennett. I mean, so the NBA lottery is crapshoot. 
But like, right? I don't know, man. One hundred ten million is just out of this world. I think it comes down to look, and and, and, I, and I've said this about the NFL in the past on pre on, on a show I used to do back in the day called the Daily Craze. And the thing that bothers me is that people. This is what what blows me away about generic sports fans or just sports fans in general who complain about the salary cap. Look, people, we live in a capitalistic society, and if you're not willing to try and make the most money you possibly can, why do you live here? Why do you live in this country if you're not trying to make – I mean, I'm not saying money's everything. I'm not trying to say – but I'm trying to say that if you, if you work in a very big industry where millions and – where billions of dollars are being made, and you're only making really – a fraction, literally, like a fraction of a percent of that, and and your and 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 your and your fan base and the people who buy your product are okay with that process. That's not America. This is look at baseball. Baseball is the definition of American of Americanism, where you where you have capitalistic values uh, spread all across the all across the game. People are like, oh, there's so much money being thrown out. Is that the players' fault? No, that's the that's the sport. The sport makes billions of dollars, and they and they they. Distribute it perfectly throughout the players. They don't have a salary cap. They let them do what they want. They could do the same thing in football, and it would work out perfectly. These players are worth way more than what they're making when it comes to the salary cap. And, yes, I agree with you 100% in the NBA from the standpoint of its smaller rosters. It's a smaller ordeal than it is in the NBA, than, than, than football and than in, uh, than in, uh, the, in the NFL and Major League Baseball. NFL, you know, think about it. 53 players, 53 players times 32 – you know, that's about you break it down. It's about it's about uh, about a hundred. You know, six hundred to you know you got about six hundred to I don't, I don't know how to explain. It. You got about you got about one hundred and fifty one thousand five hundred players in the league. I mean, you can delegate the amount of money that that league is making. You can delegate that so much more, and so many more players can make the more money. And on top of it, the NFL is so. Guys get hurt so often that if you did give a guy, you know, for example, a three-year deal his rookie year, which I think that's what, that's what rookies should get, I, and I think they're already getting that, is three-year deals. You give them a three-year deal, $25, $30, $40, 50000000 million. If he doesn't make it, who cares? He's gone, and you get a new guy. And your league can do that because you're generating the kind of profit that they deserve. So getting back to basketball, Andrew and I, obviously we went way off topic here. Andrew and I, have start are going to start this thing where we, uh, on YouTube. Well, by the way, go check out the YouTube video. I'm not going to get into college basketball. If you want to check out uh, college basketball update, go check out my YouTube video on the quick hitters uh, from yesterday on the 8th of March. Obviously, we are here now on the 3rd of March for episode 88 here in the Sea Geek Studios. If you'd like to call in, the phone number is 323-642-1558. Should be a pretty quick episode today, but Andrew and I, have an all-time team that we created. We drafted guys from the 60s, two guys from the 60s, two guys from the 70s, two guys from the 80s, two guys from the 90s, two guys from the 2000s, two guys from the 2010s, and then we picked up three random guys uh, to our disposal under the rating of of 75 in NBA 2K16. And what we're going to do this weekend is we're going to play a game between one another. Andrew, I was looking at the rosters on on 2K yesterday as I was going through it before I went to bed, and Bob Cousy's not in the game. Where is Bob? Can you find Bob Cousy in the game? Is he there? He's got to be, right? Is, is he's not in there, man. He's got to be. I, I swear, dude. I checked. I, I'm telling you, you got to do the research and find him. I look, tried to look for him. He's not in the game. They have Casey Jones, who's the backup point guard for the 60s team. 
but Bob Cousy isn't in there. It's weird, man. It's weird. So we probably got to fix right, that. Dude. But outside of that, but outside of that, everybody else is in the ball game that we found, um, and we are more than excited to get it going. Uh, overall, uh, I'll, so I'll probably what I'll do is Andrew, I'll just switch uh, Bob Cousy with Casey Jones. I'm cool with that, um, and that's what we're gonna have. So yeah, we have our Casey Jones. Are we'll you getting Sam Jones? I'll get Casey Jones. Sam Jones is a shooting guard. I need a point guard. I need. I need. I need. My goal for my team was to create defense because you have a vaunted team now. This is Andrew's rotation, by the way, for those of you that are listening. They has his Elgin Baylor, Jerry West. Then he has Kareem, Dr. J for the 70s, Larry Bird and Magic. He got both the guys, the, the both the monumental players in the 80s. Then he got Hakeem and Vince Carter, pretty good pickups there. And then he got LeBron and Kobe, two transcendent players in the 2000s. Then he picked up Dwayne Wade and Russell Westbrook. And then he got for his bench, Steve Kerr, Tyron Lue, and Bill Watt. I see what you did there. I see what you did there, Andrew. You picked up two of the best coaches in the league. I see. I see what you did there. Uh, then you got <laughs> Russell. Then, then I then 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 I got Bill Russell, Bob Cousy. Well, unfortunately, now it's gonna be Casey Jones. That's totally cool though. Then I got Oscar Robertson, Wilt Chamberlain. I picked up the 1988 Michael Jordan. Reason why I picked up the 1988 Michael Jordan was because that you was the year with him. Well, yeah, I I didn't want to lose the chance on getting him, but but at the same time, I wanted the 88 MJ because that was the MJ. That went off for 35, 8, and 8. He was the Russell Westbrook of that time. He was. That was the Russell Westbrook MJ of that time, and that's why I wanted him. And plus, he played ridiculous defense back then. He averaged like two or three steals back in the – he was ridiculous back at the time. Then I got Isaiah Thomas, obviously, for defense. Tim Duncan is my favorite – is one of my favorite players ever. And on top of that, he was obviously one of the – he's the best power forward ever. Uh, and defensively, he's, he was ridiculous early on in his career. Gary Payton, defense, obviously on the, on the Sonics as well. Shaq, defense. Shaq Fu, the, the, the big man, the big fella. And then Ray Allen, one of the best three-point shooters ever. Uh, and then I picked up Kevin Durant and Carmelo Anthony from really my offensive scoring for both those guys. One guy can play inside a small forward. The other guy can play on the outside. Then I picked up Tony Allen, defense. Picked up Robert Ory, clutch shots for late in ball games, And then Patrick Beverly a gnat on the defensive side of the ball. I know it's random. You you just pick up Patrick Beverly, and he's he's the one guy that makes a legend team, and it, and he's, like, not even anywhere near. But the reason why I picked him up, obviously, is because in case someone gets hurt or in case I need to bring him in for a defensive specialist if, if Gary and Isaiah aren't making it, which they will. I mean, I'm never going to use Patrick Beverly. But if I were to play a franchise mode, Patrick Beverly would be a guy that would come in if someone got hurt and he'd play terrific defense. Andrew, you ready to talk about some NBA today? I know we I know we have a lot of college basketball and I kind of ramped it up. Are you ready to talk about it before we get on out of here? It's a quick show. Yeah, I, I dominated that draft just to let you know, but let's do it. I know you did. I know you did. I, I actually looked it up yesterday because I was looking up all the players you got. Andrew's, think about this, people. Andrew's 12th man is Dwayne Wade and his rating is 90. I mean, get, get out of here. Dwayne Wade. <laughs> Yeah, that's what I'm saying. 2013 Dwayne Wade. Dwayne Wade, when Dwayne Wade was at his best. Now, granted, he was kind of dwindling at that point, but still, when Dwayne Wade was in his prime, good Lord. I mean, good Lord. Dwayne Wade in his prime, one of the best shooting guards in the NBA history. Okay, let's get it going, Andrew. You ready to get it going? Let's do it. All right, all right, all right. You're going to learn today. Again, six games in the NBA. I went four and two in my picks yesterday, but here we go. The San Antonio Spurs, they moved to fifty four and ten. They won one sixteen and ninety one over the Minnesota Timberwolves, getting it done there as they get the victory. Uh they just keep hanging on and hanging on right behind the Golden State Warriors. And the Raptors beat the Nets 
104 to 99, not to the dismay of Brooke Lopez, though, who had a wipe-away performance. 35.7 blocks, five rebounds, and three assists at 50 on the wipe-away performance scale. The Nuggets beat the Knicks. The last time the Knicks beat the Nuggets was before it was when Mello was on the team, was on the, was on the Nuggets. So it just goes to show you the Nuggets kind of have the Knicks number there. They get the victory in that one. And my lock of the by one point. I don't know why they played the Jazz in Utah. Hawks win 91-84, getting the victory there as they move forward, and they just keep on winning in the Eastern Conference. Trailblazers winning overtime over the Washington Wizards, 116-109, to proving why the uh, proving why the Portland Trailblazers now officially have a top three backcourt, beating out John Wall and Bradley Beal. John Wall, though, had an outstanding game, 20 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, three steals, and uh, two steals and three blocks, a 52 on the left for the performance scale. But Damian Lillard had the performance of the night, 41 points, 11 assists, five rebounds, and 68 on the left for the performance scale. The fascinating thing about Damian Lillard, this guy has gone off for 40 points, I believe, in his last eight, uh, five of his last eight games or something of that nature. And this guy has just been lighting it up from downtown. It's still unbelievable that this guy has not made an all-star game the last two years when he's really been the catalyst and the carrier of this team. It is incredible what he is doing for that Trailblazer team, and clearly one of the best, one of the better teams now in the Western Conference in Portland, which is crazy to say considering all the stuff they lost last year. And the Lakers beating the Magic 107 to 98, getting another victory there. Andrew, what's your take from the world of the NBA from last night and uh, as we go on moving forward? Damian Lillard's amazing, dude. I mean, yeah. this guy—he yeah. is—he might. He's jumping up there in the scoring rankings too. I, be, I think he's averaging what, like twenty six point eight points per game or something like that. Might be higher than yeah. that now with how he's been playing. But that's—I mean, he is. Oh my goodness, he's just been going nuts, dude. It, it's yeah. been—it's been—and it's not like I—I I really don't like to use this, but I mean, he's just a cold-blooded killer. Like. More so, and people are going to call me crazy, but I watch this dude take shots, and you just know it's going in more so than I ever did with Kobe, more so than I ever did with Prime LeBron, more so than I do with this Steph Curry. Like, if it's a big shot or if this team needs a shot, he can pull up from half court. It's in. No, it's in. And, I mean, he just – he's a killer, dude. When he sees a team, like, start to get tired, he attacks. He – he needs to improve on defense to be a truly right. superstar, superstar. But I mean, he's dude, he's he's fantastic, and that's, I mean, that's my main take. Just be, I, I can't, I can't get over watching this dude and how foolish he's making me look right now. Yeah, and, and the thing is though, well, the thing is with him is it, when I watch him do what he's been doing the last couple of weeks here in the NBA after the All Star, basically since the All Star break. It reminds me a lot of Russell Westbrook. I mean, what Russell Westbrook did last season was ridiculous. People need to remember what Russell Westbrook did last year was stupid. I mean, he was ridiculous. People think about this. After the All-Star break, after he won the, the MVP in Brooklyn for the All-Star break or in or wherever it was in New York, he uh, he went off on a tear that really ramped up his conversation in being an MVP in the league. And And it wasn't there before the All-Star break, but after the All-Star break, it ramped up to unbelievable circumstances where it was like, look, how does he not even get in the conversation because he was that crazy good? Damian Lillard's not as good as that, but his scoring output has been ridiculously legendary as of late. And he's not going to win MVP just for the standpoint of 
what they have to go forward here this final quarter of the season. Now, if, if Golden State gets to gets to sixty five seventy wins, I don't think I don't think Damian Lillard will even get a sniff at a chance of being talked about in the, in the MVP, which is a shame. But we all know Steph Curry's in line to get his second straight MVP just based upon the fact that he's on the he's the best player on the best team. You know, the, the most outstanding player on the best team, which is sad because that's not what the MVP should be about. But that's what it is. Um, but but Damian Lillard has truly been carrying this team at a legendary clip. And, you know, with a quarter to go in the season, which is crazy. I mean, this is crazy, Andrew. Last night I was working pretty hard on getting all my stuff updated for not just the show, but just in general when it came to the stats world and my picks and all that stuff. Man, we are are a month away from from the NBA playoffs starting. This is crazy, man. This season has absolutely flown by. I mean, I know we're at episode 88. I know things are – going relatively, you know, like clockwork and it's it's flying by. But man, eighty eight episodes. We are just we are screaming on through this NBA season. We still we only have a quarter left. Uh March Madness is I mean obviously the NCAA tournament is right around the corner. It's crazy stuff right now in the world of basketball. But Damian Lillard, like you said, a guy who know. Like basically the way Biggie Small said it, if you don't know, now you know. But Damian Lillard is legit. Like he is a top five point guard right now. And that's crazy because there is a lot of there is a lot of point guard talent in the NBA, but he's a top five point guard right now. And I told my boss at work, he's a Blazer fan. He's from Portland. He lives there. Uh, he lived there for most of his life. Um, and he grew up when the Blazers were really good in the early 90s. Um, and that's that was his team. And I told him something before the season started, and you would have laughed at this if you would have heard it. And we both knew the Blazers weren't very good, but I told him straight up, one-on-one, if I could pick between Steph Curry and and Damian Lillard, one-on-one, and Damian Lillard has proved it this season against Steph Curry. I would take Damian Lillard all day. He looked at me, he thought I was crazy, and he basically dismissed my word. Look at Damian Lillard over this last couple of weeks. Look, I know Steph Curry is unbelievable. Don't get me wrong. He went off for 41-13 and 13 against, the, against the Magic a couple nights ago. But I'm telling you, I think Damian Lillard, inside game and outside game overall, is way more lethal. And like you said, has the more of a killer instinct than Steph Curry. Now that Steph Curry doesn't, he does. He can win ball games. He's done it. But how many game-winning shots outside of that one against Oklahoma City have you seen Steph Curry take? And obviously the game against New Orleans last year in the playoffs. But how many big-time game-winning shots do you remember Steph Curry taking to take the lead and win the ball game outside of those two I just mentioned? Not very many. Damian Lillard does it so often. And unfortunately, he lives out in the Pacific Northwest where nobody watches him and nobody sees him. But this guy is just absolutely brutalizing it. If you switch Damian Lillard and Steph Curry on separate teams, I think you would see Damian Lillard make as much of an impact, if not a bigger scoring impact than Steph Curry. And that's saying something. Steph Curry is the, is the leading scorer in the NBA, and, and deservedly so, one of the best point guards in the NBA, which I hate to say, but it's true. But Damian Lillard can make the same type of impact scoring the basketball that Steph Curry can, and if not, maybe even more of an impact because this guy has that clutch gene coming into the fourth quarter that I don't think Steph Curry necessarily has, per se, and it's not that his discredit. He doesn't necessarily need to play in the fourth quarter as often as he needs to because he's been so good. Andrew fell off the phone line. Hopefully he comes back in. If not, he's probably got to get back to work. He's a busy, busy man, but we got our picks today in the world of the NBA. If he calls back in, Totally cool. If not, we see you, Andrew. We got you going. Okay, episode 88. Let's get to our picks for today, and let's give you them as we move forward. Again, again, there are about nine games on in the NBA tonight in the world of basketball. Again, quickly here so we can get out of here and get you on a high note. Uh, again, a ton of conference basketball going on in the world of college basketball today. Uh, 
four more tickets were punched last night. There are now 11 teams in the world of college basketball in the hoops world getting it done. It is crazy lately in the world of basketball, like I said, in the world of college basketball. Okay, NBA picks. Here we go. A lot of big time, uh, a lot of big time, uh, uh, you know, spreads here in the world of the NBA. It's some crazy stuff as we move forward. Pelicans at Hornets. Hornets are favored by eight and a half. Take the Pelicans plus the eight and a half. I think the Pelicans will find a way to, to keep it close in this one. I think the Hornets are a pretty good team. They've been playing well. They've been hot. But the Pelicans still have talent. They're still a pretty solid team. I think they're going to find a way to keep it closer than that, and they may even win the ballgame. Rockets and 76ers. Look, Rockets are favored by 10. Take the 76ers plus the 10. I don't trust the Rockets. I don't trust them with big with big, uh, with big spreads. I don't think they're going to get it done. I think the Rockets will, will win this ballgame, but I don't think they'll win by 10. I think they'll win, by a closer, they'll win by a closer margin than that, and who knows? Maybe the 76ers will play inspired at home and get a victory. Grizzlies and Celtics. This is an interesting game tonight. This will be on ESPN. There's actually two games on ESPN, my apologies. Grizzlies and Celtics will be one of them. That's the early game at 4 p.m. Uh, Pacific. Sorry about that yawn, people. Uh, Grizzlies and Celtics. Uh, Celtics are favored by 10.5. Take the Grizzlies plus the 10.5. Do not trust that line. The Celtics are playing unbelievable. But the Grizzlies still have 38 wins. Think about this. The Grizzlies have 38 wins. The Celtics have 38 wins. These are the same type of teams. Yet the Celtics are getting more praise than the Grizzlies. I think the Grizzlies will find a way to keep it close. They won't win, but they'll keep it closer than that, and the Celtics should get the victory, but it won't be by 10.5. Heat and Bucks. Heat are favored by three. Take the Heat in this one, even though they're playing in Miami. I think the Miami Heat are a better team going forward than the Bucks. Obviously, the way they've been playing, they should get it done in Milwaukee. Pistons and Mavericks. Mavericks are favored by two. This is an interesting game. Mavericks are very, very, very small underdogs and are very, very small favorites in this one. I would take the Pistons plus the two in this underdog game for them. I think they'll get it done, and they'll find a way, way to win and stay afloat in the Eastern Conference, the eighth spot. Knicks, Suns. Uh, Suns are favored by a point and a half. Take the Knicks plus the point and a half. They're going to find a way to get it done in that one as the Knicks have been struggling lately, but the Suns will find a way to get it done. Actually, no, take the Suns minus take the Suns minus the point and a half. The Knicks have really been struggling lately. The Suns have found a way to get to get victories. Take them there. They should get the victory in that one. The Suns minus the point and a half. Clippers and Thunder. Thunder are favored by five and a half. Vegas just wants to steal your money on this one. I wouldn't bet money on it if I could, uh, but I would tell you to take the pick. The pick, I would take the Thunder minus the five and a half. I think they'll win this game big. They've been playing great basketball as of late. I know they've been struggling a little bit, but overall, they've been playing very inspired basketball. Cavaliers and Kings. Kings are Cavaliers are favored by seven. Take the Kings plus the seven. They're going to find a way to keep it close. Cavs will win, but they'll find a way to keep it close. And then Jazz and Warriors. Obviously, the Warriors going on their historic run. Put down everything you can to watch this ball game and find a way to get to your television set or your NBA League Pass because this is a game to watch. Jazz and Warriors. Warriors are favored by 13. Take the Jazz plus 13. The Jazz will find a way to keep it a close ball game. So, woo, those are your picks. Woo, those are your picks in the world of the NBA. There's, 11, there's nine games on the NBA. Obviously, I would tell you to go check out the conference play in college basketball as it has been absolutely nuts and find a way to get it done there. Well, we've got about a minute left in the show. And with that, episode 88 is in the books. Episode 89 will be tomorrow. Same time, same place on the TNT Thursday. Episode 89 tomorrow. Same time, same place. We'll recap what happened in the world of basketball. We'll recap what's going on in the world of college basketball. We'll give you all those brand new insights, any breaking news in the world of college basketball, NBA, all that stuff. We'll give it to you. It is the March Madness. People, we're here. We're in the same for you, baby. Woo! 
tournaments right around the corner. Selection Sunday is in about five days, four days from now. Oh, man, it's, it's, it's a crazy, crazy time in the world of basketball. Thank you again for listening, everybody. Enjoy the show. If you're listening to the Apple Podcast, we'll see you, we'll see you here from the Hoopers Vlog and CLNS Radio. My name is Timo Buckets. I'm out. Episode 89. Tomorrow, episode 88 in the books. Have a good one, people. Enjoy the basketball. <laughs>